our faithful God. And we're, to, we're, we're zoning in on what God did through the life of Moses, of the faithfulness of God through this entire story, this epic story. And we, we learned so much about the life of Moses. It's such a big part of the Old Testament. And to be honest, it's a big part of the New Testament. And so we were studying last week just the introduction. We didn't really emphasize anything specific when it came to the faithfulness of God. But we were just talking about the story and how God was faithful through his parents and faithful through the midwives and how they got from the, the land of, that God promised them all the way into this uh, bondage that they were in and how, how God was going to deliver them and how God made them the promise. God said that I would make you a great nation. And he did. So now that they're in Egypt, the whole family passes away, life goes on, there's a big transition that happens, and the Israelites keep growing and growing and become mightier, and just like God promised would happen, it's exactly what God said would happen. Well, through the course of this, the Egyptians were getting worried. Pharaoh was getting worried, saying, man, they're going to rise up and be greater than we are. So they began to strip all their blessings away from them, and they began to uh, be, uh, make them uh, work for them and make them slaves they begin to oppress them. And God had a plan through all of this. We see the faithfulness of God through him working through the midwives to keep the children alive. And the faithfulness of God to keep Moses alive. And the faithfulness of God through even his mother of putting him uh, in the Nile River and, and Pharaoh's daughter finding him. And all the different things that happened. It was just an amazing thing that was happening through all this. But tonight I want to take it to the next level. I want to continue this story and talk about how God is faithful to be our help. How God is faithful to be our help. How God has us on this journey. God has the plans for us. And you say, man, I know that I've got a mission to raise my kids. I have a mission to reach people or whatever job that God's placed you in. And I want you to know that if God puts you on a path, if God puts you on a mission, God calls you to something, God will be your help and God will be faithful to be your help through the whole situation of this. So I want to read a verse that is not in Exodus 2. And if you have your Bible and you want to study along with us, challenge you to look right now to Exodus chapter 2. That will be the main part. We're going to continue our study. In an odd way, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 7. You say, what does that have to do with it? Well, the New Testament complements and explains the life of Moses just like the Old Testament does. But while you're turning there, let me read this. In Romans 8, 28, a verse that we all know, but applies to every passage, every story in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. See, everything that God does is going to work out for the purpose and the glory of God. Everything that you come to is going to work out for the glory of God. And God's said that that's how it's going to work. But sometimes as we go into things, things don't make sense to us. Or we try to figure them out ourselves. Uh, Jen and I decided that we were going to replace the dripping faucet that's been in our sink or in our kitchen for a while. So we, we decided to fix that this past week. And, and we dealt with that drip for a long time. And then finally we just broke down and went to get a new one. And uh, we tried to repair it and fix it and do all this other stuff. Nothing worked. And so we went to get one, and I do a lot of home repairs. It's just in my blood. That's what I like to do. And so I opened up the box, and I started doing it. I, I didn't need the instructions because uh, I'm, I, I know how to do this kind of stuff. 
So I started putting pieces and things like that on, on, on together. And then I realized, well, this isn't working and I can't get this on. And then I realized that I was putting pieces on in the wrong order. I was getting ahead. It just wasn't working out. Then I, I broke down. And I said, I'll, I'll just follow the instructions. I was like, oh, that's why that works. And this certain part went up between the tubes and it screwed on. And then the next part slipped on. I was like, oh, that makes sense. What we do is we try to figure things out by ourselves in life. We try to make it make sense and like, well, if I had this now and if this just worked out and if I had this money or this schedule or this situation, everything would be great. And God says, that makes sense to you, but it's just going to mess you up down the road. You've got to trust me because everything that you're going through right now is going to work together. Every piece of the puzzle is going to work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. There is a certain order that God has things. But the Bible also says, as things are coming together, as all things are working together for good, he says in Psalm 146, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy is the person that is following after God, and God says, I'm going to be your help. Think about that is what we do is when your kids are little as their help, we stand over them as they try to put things together and they get to a point where I can't do this. God reaches down or parents reach down and do that. It's what God does through all of our lives saying, God, I don't know how to, I don't know how to parent these kids. God, I don't know how to fix this. Lord, I don't know. I don't have the wisdom to address this situation and work. God, I don't know what to do. God says, I am your help. I'm the one that steps in. Isaiah 50 says this, Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? He, he, he says in that passage, I am the God that's going to help you. You say, why? Let me make it so simple. Because God loves you. Because God loves you, he takes great pleasure and joy in helping you. God does. I, the best way that I could explain it, and I use this illustration all the time just because it makes sense to me, is just being a parent. I, I like helping my kids, but I also know that if I help them and figure out everything and just make everything happen, they'll never figure out things by themselves. They have to go through things, whether it's a school project or whatever it is. And as, as they're working on her, if Jenny's helping them with a school project or whatever, if, if she steps in and she just says, oh, I'll handle that, I'll handle that, I'll handle that, then they never learn. But when they get to a spot and just like, I don't know what to do, that's when we step in as parents and say, well, let me help you through that hurdle. Let me help you uh, conquer that one situation that you can't figure out. It's what God does. So here's our lessons. We're going to learn from this. Number one, here's our first lesson. God is faithful to help in ways that we can't see or even understand. God is faithful to help us. We just cannot see what God is doing. He's still helping us. God is fulfilling his purpose to free his people but it looks like the opposite is happening in this story. It looks like things are falling apart. So now Moses is being weaned from his mother. Remember, they, Pharaoh's daughter said, I need somebody that's going to take care of this baby. They went knocking on the mother's door, brought, brought Moses into him and said, will you raise this kid and, and help us and, and, and feed this child and take care of him this way? And of course, that's exactly what God had planned for the do. So here, that faithful mother that said, I'm going to let go of my child. Now he's sitting there embracing it. God had it all worked out. That's what God does. God is faithful. When we, when we let go of things and we say, God, I just don't know what to do with this. God is faithful when he calls us to do things that are out of our comfort zone. Here that mom gets a knock at the door and they're standing there saying, will you take care of this child for us? Because Pharaoh's daughter is requesting that you will do this. 
Here that mom that stepped out on great steps of faith is now holding that baby, holding baby Moses there again because God is faithful. Man, I just can't imagine the challenge that she had even what was going on in this whole situation. Then, then eventually the baby is being weaned from that Egyptian mother or for that uh, the Israelite mother and brought back to Pharaoh's house. And he goes from that situation because they were oppressed people. He walks out of what we would almost consider the ghetto that situation of oppression, to walk into Pharaoh's house. You talk about a transition. The Bible says in Exodus 2.10, and we'll get back into our studies. We're just working through this. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. How crazy is that? I mean, you think about the odds of this happening. The children of Israel were the enemies of these people. All things work together for good. The things that you never thought would happen, the things that you think are impossible, and even the situations you're thinking, man, that doesn't make sense. All things work together for good. And she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water, became her son. You say, why is this happening? Well, I'm going to explain through this passage today because that was part of God's plan. God, it wasn't a random coincidence. It wasn't just a freak accident that this happened. It was God's plan. So I said we're going to go to, uh, to the book of Acts too because in, in the, the book of Acts, they're, they're telling the story of the Old Testament. They're bringing out some facts and things that we might not have saw in the Old Testament when it was happening. So I looked at the New Testament in Acts 17 verse 20, in which time Moses was born and exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. So that was when he was born, and they said that we knew that he was a good child or goodly child, and they kept him for three months, and they said, man, God has a plan. We can't let anything happen. After the three months, that's when they put him in the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter found him, and when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. So we've got to understand there's big things happening that God planned for this to happen in here. The word nourish means to rear, to educate, and to train. Let me ask you guys, why in the world is God having the enemy nourish, train, and educate one of his own people? How in the world could that play into it? We have things that happen and we just scratch our head and say, God, that makes no sense. God, this doesn't add up at all. It says in verse 22, and Moses was learned and all wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and in deeds. What is happening? Moses is being trained for God's future plan. Somebody had to walk in to Pharaoh's palace, had to walk before Pharaoh's throne, had to know the culture, had to know the environment, had to know what his people were going through, had to know how to speak the language, had to know what their customs were, had to know how, what to say and how to say it, what their, their, their processes were. Somebody had to know all that to be able to get into that situation, to be able to speak the words of God. And God knew that even though at this time that they didn't get that. Here's another lesson. God is faithful to prepare us. You talk about God as our help. He said, what is that? Whatever God's going to do down the road, God is working right now in your life to prepare you for what he has next. The, the odd things, the crazy things, the things that don't add up. God is working right now through that job that you hate, 
through that person that you work next to that just absolutely drives you crazy, through that situation of having a car that doesn't start right or whatever, all things work together for good. God is using those experiences and that job and those things that you're learning or, or, or that job or those friends or whatever that's in your life. God's saying, I'm working through all of those things to train you for whatever God has next for your life. If God calls you to something, God will prepare you for it. But you might not even know what God's calling you to. So wait a minute, I don't know. You might not know because you're not there yet. It's amazing how, I remember I was a big fan of the Karate Kid growing up and how he would paint the fence and how he would wash the car and he would do all those things. And he'd be out there doing all these things and he was like, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't add up. I'm not learning anything right now until he goes before Miyagi. Miyagi begins to say, paint the fence and he begins to do the moves and all of a sudden he was learning that he was learning all these moves and learning the routines and and learning how to fight defend himself by doing something that he didn't understand what was teaching him down the road that's what God does with us God is teaching us he was receiving the highest education God was preparing him with knowledge let me let me break this down let me just show you the application in this he was taught their customs he was taught their history he was taught to understand Pharaoh in their roles. He was understanding their writings. He was learning their religion. He was understanding their gods. Now, trust me, all of this plays a big part as we get later on in Scripture, as we get later on, especially during the ten plagues that happened. He was, he was, he was being taught how to lead armies. He was being taught how to lead a nation. He was learning how to build an army and how to lead an army. It's awesome what God was doing. I think about now in my life, I look back and think, you know, things that I learned to do around the church or things that I've learned how to manage or how to build. And we've, me and, me and Pastor Dave have done a lot of things, even Pastor Bryce, when it comes to building sets and building, you know, backdrops and, and doing improvements around the church when we're doing vacation Bible school and Easter and the sets and things like this. I'm thankful for the weird things that I did growing up of working construction and having jobs in construction and all these things. And I thought, well, this will never help me with what I'm going to do. God says, well, you don't know what you're going to do. So learn how to do that because one day I'm going to pull those skills out and teach you and use you to do other things. But you need to learn those things now. God was also not only preparing him through his knowledge, but God was preparing him to speak. You say, that's weird. Let me show you what the Bible says in here. And this is sometimes overlooked. It says that he was, read verse 22. And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians. He was learned in all of these things of the Egyptians. And was mighty in words. He was taught. Man, he, he had this, as Pharaoh's daughter's son, he was, he was being groomed and raised for, for more. He was learned how to speak with authority. He was being taught how to stand before people. He was being taught the weird thing is what jumps out at you about Moses? When all these things fail and everything falls apart, he ends up going for, for, before God in, in, in that situation of uh, going before the, the, the burning bush. And he's, and he's talking to God. He says, I don't have the words to say. I'm not good at this. That was just his fear speaking. It wasn't truth. It wasn't reality. And we know that. Because when he actually goes before, he spoke with boldness and he led the people and he talked before Pharaoh. It's amazing how we will make up excuses when God says, I prepared you. I've made you to be a mom. Don't tell me you're not ready to be a mom. I've made you to be a leader. I've made you to be a life group leader. 
Man, all these things that, that from your past, I was working in you in ways that you had no idea. But man, fear creeps up in us. Man, because he went through some stuff. And maybe you've gone through some stuff. Maybe people have said things to you and you have it convinced in your mind that I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm just going to mess this up because of something that's happened in your past. Don't underestimate the power of what God's doing in your life to prepare you for something more. And don't let your failures from your past hold you back. It was internal. It was a human fear. But let me tell you, it's amazing how God was working through his words and teaching him how to be a spokesperson with these things. We just make up excuses when we're afraid. Don't do that. He was mighty in words and in deeds. You see, God was preparing him to be a leader. God was preparing him to lead. The books that I've read, and I, I, I love the little details of this, and I'm thinking, man, what does that mean? When Acts 7.22 says this, what does that mean? It says that he possibly even led armies to victory, that, there, that he was mighty in deeds, might have meant that he was learning to lead people, lead large groups of people. You know, God was helping him become a leader because one day this massive nation of Israel would need a great leader. And God's raising him up to get a PhD in leadership by the enemy. Who was paying for this man to become such a great leader? The enemy. Literally the enemy was raising up their own person that was going to defeat them at the end. You say, how crazy is that? No, how awesome is our God? How awesome is the, our God that God works everything for good? How God works in details, you would least expect it. Because it's very debated. How many people did, did Moses lead out of the children? Uh, how many children of Israel did he lead into the promised land through and out of Egypt and into the wilderness? Nobody knows. The estimates are all over the place. And I know we get little tidbits from studying the book of Numbers when they counted in different things from history when it says that he multiplied them. But because we don't know the number of children, the number of women, and it, it gives us hints with the Levites and things like that. I read some that gave lower estimates, some that said it might have been a half million. There was crazy numbers that said it could be three million. We really don't know. All we know that it was a lot, a lot of people. Just, just put that down in your notes. There was a ton of people, okay? But how do you learn? I mean, we, we struggle leading a family of four, family of five. Try leading tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. Say, who can do that? Somebody that God prepared. Somebody that God was helping and leading and training and setting up to do this. All of this. When you think about what they went through, they went from place to place and keeping order and raising up armies and sending in armies to do these things. And Moses was going, oh, yeah, I, I learned that when I was in Egypt. How do you learn how to organize people to be able to execute these things? How do you, how do you mobilize people? How do you, how do you do this and make sure that everybody's fed and communication? Moses was like, oh, oh, yeah, I, I learned that back when I was in Pharaoh's house. Don't underestimate what God is doing right now in Pharaoh's house, wherever God has you. It's amazing what God did. He received the foundation from his mother of the Christian upbringing, put it into his heart. We don't know what age it was that he transitioned. Then he got the education. He got the war knowledge. He learned how to lead people. He learned how to speak. He got a PhD in leadership from the very people, the very culture that he was going to have to step back into. Why? Because God did all this. Life does not always make sense, but let me tell you, all things work together for good.
God is at work. God is your help. And it might not make sense to you. It might not add up. It might not all come together. But let me tell you, that doesn't mean that God's not active in doing things. All of things where God's putting them in his order and his plan to make sure that it happened the way that he wanted. So there is a big question. When did Moses know that he was chosen to lead his people out of bondage? When did that happen? Now, I, I want to read, bring you through the story because we're going to keep learning from this, of the faithfulness of God. So in Acts chapter 7, verse 23, we keep learning from this. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his own heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Well, that's weird in and of itself. It came into his heart. What does that mean? I mean, conviction is happening. Some, somebody's speaking to the inner man. We know that God does that. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Notice it says, and it came to visit his brethren. It, it swelled up in his heart. God was at work. It's cool. When, when God says that it's time, when he was 40 years old, and I don't know why that time, but when he was 40 years old, it was, it was something that God clicked in his heart and says, it's, it's time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work in your heart to get out of your comfort zone. I'm going to work in your heart to take you to the next level because God prepared him for that. That's 40 years of education that he got, 40 years of training, 40 years of leading an army. But he recognized them as his brothers. He had a burden for them. He stepped out of his realm of royalty into his realm of being a servant to them. He knew their problems. He knew it was wrong. He wanted to stand up and avenge them. And you say, this is so cool. Look at verse 25. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. He was thinking, man, this is it. It's amazing in our minds how we think, man, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to help them. They're going to rise up and be like, lead us. It's not what happened. Because it wasn't time yet. It wasn't God's time yet. See, he knew that God had a purpose in him and he knew that God was doing something, but the timing wasn't right. Maybe the reason that everything hasn't worked out, you haven't saw the full picture of what God's going to do with your life yet, it's God's not done training you yet. He had more lessons to learn. God was not finished helping to develop him into the leader that he needed to be. And right now, maybe God's not ready for you to fully understand what God's doing because right now, he just walks into confusion. He walks into rejection. He walks into problems. He showed up this day to visit his brethren. He had a purpose. But all things work together for good. Remember, verse 24, And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed, and he smote the Egyptian. When he witnessed his brother and when his family, his, the, the children of Israel being oppressed, it, it swelled up inside of him. Now remember, he was one of them. And to step in and defend one of them went against everything that was an Egyptian. Because these guys were like just worthless people. They were just servants. They were just slaves. For one of Pharaoh's own, from the household of Pharaoh, to step in and do this was epic. It was huge. He took action. The Bible says in Exodus 2 verse 12, And he looked this way and that way. When he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian it hit him in the sand. He begins to look around. He, he kills this guy out of self-defense. He wasn't trying to be malicious or something. He was, just, he was just trying to protect these people and saying, this isn't right. 
man, he knew in his heart, this isn't right. You shouldn't be beating on these people. And he stood in to help them. Notice what happens. Not what you would expect. And the next day, he showed himself unto them as they strove. He went back to the children of Israel. He would set them one again, saying, Sirs, ye brethren, why do you wrong one to another? And there was two of them that were arguing and fighting. And Moses steps back in and says, hey, guys, what's going on? Man, he, he was there to like, hey, I have a plan and let's do something about this oppression. He found these two fighting. Here's the response. But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee ruler and judge over us? Will thou kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? He, was, he, he like gets in the, the scuffle with these guys, and they were like, well, Oh, you're going to come and, and kill us as well? And Moses is like, Well, wait a minute. I gave up everything to do what I, I did. And now he realized that the word is out that he did this. Things are not going as planned. You need to know that God's not done helping and working in your life just because things seem to be falling apart. And I say that because some of you right now probably feel like your world is falling apart. You know what happens? Moses broke the code of honor that was with the Egyptians to be accepted of the Israelites. And now the Israelites are rejecting him as well. It's amazing. He was expecting to find their loyalty. He was expecting to step in and instead they respond and said, are you just going to kill us as well? Now, life stinks because you risk everything for these people and now he's rejected of both sides. Can I just say that sometimes life just stinks? Sometimes life, you're going to go through stuff, you're going to go through headaches, you're going to go through problems and it's not going to make sense. But here's the lesson. Next thing, God will help us by making life uncomfortable. God will help us by making life uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what he does. God, it's, it's the same thing that the military does when they bring you into boot camp. And you say, man, this, it's miserable. They go through those weeks, those months of, of intense training and, and lack of sleep and lack of good food and there's, there's no entertainment, there's no fun, there's no thrills. It's just being screamed at all these other things. You say, why? Uh, they're helping you. They're preparing you. They're working in you. So God is doing something. He's going to make him uncomfortable because God is going to transition him. I, re I remember going through this myself. I remember when I was here at the church and I, I stepped out of being youth pastor, which I loved. It was, it was my heart. It was my passion. It was six years that I can honestly say it was some of this, the absolute best years of my life. Absolutely the best years. I, I loved every, every moment of it. It was never a dread. It was never where I was wanting to get out of that ministry whatsoever. I loved it. With all my heart, I loved it. And I remember when the time came and there were just things happening in the church and God was transitioning me. It was very uncomfortable. And now I found myself in this limbo state because I, was, I, was, I wasn't the pastor and I wasn't the youth pastor, but I was just trying to fill in doing things. But I never felt like I really found my niche during that time. I was, I was leading things, but I wasn't really leading things and I was helping with things, but I really, I didn't know where I was, what I was doing. And I remember a point in my life that I just got frustrated, to be honest. I started praying, saying, maybe God doesn't want me here. I remember calling a pastor friend and I, 
I was, I was in the parking lot. I drove back. I drove back to where the storage buildings are, and I just called them, and I said, I'm, I just feel like I'm in limbo. I said, I don't know what to do. And I remember him saying, you need to pray that God moves and does something in your heart to show you what he wants. And I, I had no idea what that was. And that was on Monday and Tuesday. I was calling to Pastor Denoff's office, and he sat me down, and he said, hey, I, I got a bad report. My, my health is not good. And they want to do open heart surgery Thursday. This was Tuesday. They were get, pulling him in Thursday. Everything was moving so rapidly and so fast. And I remember from that, I, every plan that I had changed because now that coming Sunday, I wasn't stepping into classes and the things like I normally do. I was stepping in to preach behind the pulpit and lead the church. And the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday. It was amazing because... My whole world was flipped upside down. I wasn't expecting it. But here's the thing. God works everything together for good. And sometimes God keeps pushing you out of your comfort zone, which was for me being a youth pastor and pushing you out of your comfort zone into a stage that you're thinking, what is going on? Why is this happening? And none of this was scheduled and none of this makes sense and none of this is what I'm comfortable doing. Why is this happening? Because God has to sometimes push you out of your comfort zone. I know God's doing that in our church right now. God's doing that with some people to push them out of their comfort zone of one ministry into another. And maybe God's bringing you from being part of a life group to leading a life group. Or God's leading you from being part of a ministry to leading a ministry. And God's brought responsibility into your life. And God's doing things and changing things. Because God had to make you uncomfortable for a while to get you where he wants you to be because he has big, big plans. So I reach out to everybody watching right now and I say, if, if you're at a state in your, in your mind, in your heart, in your life, and you're just saying, man, this is just not fun. Man, nothing is working out and nothing is what I planned and nothing is what I wanted. And I didn't request one stinking thing that I'm going through right now. Don't get mad at God because God is your help. God is helping you by pushing you out of the nest. God is helping you by calling you out of the boat. God is helping you by calling you out of your comfort zone to push you into a place to, to spit and polish you into the next level of leadership that he has for you. That's how God makes great men. That's how God makes great women for God. It's what he's doing. Can I read this again? And I mean, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. We know this. So if you're in an uncomfortable situation, maybe you need to post that on the wallpaper of your cell phone. Maybe that needs to be hung up in your house. Maybe you need to carry that on a written piece of paper in your pocket. Remind you, all things work together for good. And God's doing things to help you right now, and it might not make sense. Keep this in mind, because God's always at work, even when things do not add up. Exodus 2.15. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. You say, what is going on? He's rejected of Pharaoh now, and he's rejected of the children of Israel, and God's pushing him out for the next level of his life. It's cool that God brings him to a place to rest. God knows what you need, and God knows when you need it. Although he felt like a failure, God was not through with Moses. And I say this to you, Although you might feel like a failure, God's not done with you. Although you look bad back and say, man, all I did was mess up. All I've done was mess up. 
that's okay. Maybe God brings you to a time of transition to set you down and pull you to someplace new to do something different with you. This is not the end for Moses. This was just the beginning. He'd, he'd already gone to the place to get his formal education, his PhD in leadership, learning how to speak and how to rule and how to lead up armies and all these things. Now as God is giving him the greater education that he needed, the next level of his education, you're thinking, well, wait a minute. How is that possible when you just said that he got the best of the best education? Knowledge, wisdom, and leading. A lot of the things when it comes to their, their, their history and, and the know-how of the ins and outs of Pharaoh's life, but not with what God had planned for him. Because God was raising him up to be a spiritual leader. And sometimes we learn how to be a spiritual leader in the moments that are uncomfortable for our lives. Here's the next lesson. God will help us by breaking us. I, I've wondered with this. We all have areas of our life that God can improve on. All of us. It doesn't matter who you are. And sometimes we can be puffed up with knowledge that Moses could have walked in there like, man, I know I, I, I've grown up in Pharaoh's house and I've had servants under me and I've, I've commanded people and I've had servants do whatever I say to do and I had respect and I have the best of the best and I, 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 and sometimes we can be so filled with I and me and self. God has to fill an empty vessel. You have to decrease so that you can increase. You have to be poured out so that God can fill you. When we talk about being spirit-filled, it means empty to flesh first. See, it's not about Moses, and it's not about you. We see first the broken spirit of Moses. Through our, God, God has a way of maybe allowing us to go through some failures to say, you see, it's not just about you. And have you ever thought that maybe Moses showed that maybe Moses on that day showed up to try to handle them and he was doing it of himself and God's sitting there going, what are you doing? No, 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 no. You're not ready for this yet. You, I, I'm going to make things uncomfortable to transition you out of here. I, I, I believe that Moses was about to learn something from the greatest leadership qualities that he would need and he's about to find them in the middle of nowhere. God was, number one, helping him to learn humility. It's what God was doing. He had all the power and influence, but I tell you, we have to learn humility. How did he do this? See, I don't believe that Moses was ready to lead the children of Israel. And it could have been that all that influence from Egypt might have gone to his head and God had to break him down. Now, let me compare it. This is the two ways, and I'm going to show you this. We're almost done here. Moses' power and influence in Acts 7.22. Now, let me read this and, and think about what he's saying about what he had. This is Moses, okay? Let me tell you about the great leader Moses. And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. It's Moses. And Moses, Moses was the man. Moses had the title and the position and the knowledge and the certificates on his wall. He had all the badges and awards, okay? Moses. But that's not how we win wars. That's not how we're great dads and moms. Don't make it about you. Let me show you the other side of in Exodus 3.13. And Moses said unto God, and this is flash forwarding, I know this, but just listen. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come to the children of Israel, you shall say unto them this, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? And you shall say unto them, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. 
And God said, moreover, unto Moses, Thus thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord thy God, your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you, and this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. You see, they didn't need Moses to deliver them. They needed Moses to deliver the message of the great I am that was to deliver them. And I think sometimes in churches, we fail. When, when a man comes to the pulpit filled with knowledge, thinking that he is something when he is nothing, you might be so puffed up with knowledge and your degrees. If we lead classes, if we lead life groups, if we lead our families in this way, thinking that you have it all figured out and that you're something and you brag on your past and your education and your know-how and all these things that you've done and everything that you've been through and you make it all about you. Moses was built up in wisdom and all these and God says, no, 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 no. You're going to walk in there as a humble servant pointing to the great I am. You're going to be nothing more than the mouthpiece, the delivery boy. You're, nothing, you're, you're just going to deliver the message from me. You're a vessel unto honor being used by the great I am. That's who you are. God was also helping him learn patience. You think about this. We get in such a rush. Even when, they, when he gets to Egypt, when he goes back to Egypt, and you're thinking, ten plagues. Are you serious? God could have walked in there with just wine. God could have just walked in there and said, let my people go. Bam, we're out of here. God could have done that. It's not how God works. It's not how God works. Sometimes we rush what God is doing. We try to make it. And I, I know this. It's, he's on the backside of the desert. He's, he's, he's herding sheep. He's doing all these things. Getting nowhere, knowing that the children of Israel are in bondage. And he's thinking, man, I know I have such a burden for them. And now I'm not doing anything to help them. Have you ever had a situation that bothered you and you had no plans and no answer and no direction? Maybe problems with your kids or problems with your marriage. And you're thinking, man, I've tried everything. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can do. And God teaches you patience to say, wait. Got to wait. Let me change some things in your life first. Let me make you into the man or the woman that you need to be. Let me work on, before you can lead your family, you need to work on you. Before you can lead people, I need to work on you. Before you can go forward, I need to get some things out of your life. Because even if you go back into it with that same anger or pride or arrogance or whatever it is, you're not going to do anything. You're going to mess it all up. Man, you've got to learn to be patient. And maybe he lived in a society that he didn't have to be patient. And you talk about patience... He's literally out in the middle of the wilderness just watching sheep staring in, into the wilderness day after day hearing the ba of the sheep and, and that was his life. He went from being a rising leader to leading sheep. Have you ever thought that this makes sense? Why? Because we're compared to sheep. He's about to learn to lead sheep because that's what we are. We're sheep. But the Bible says in, in Exodus 3.1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock in the backside of the desert, and they came to the mountain of God. You think of what God was doing. God had him in the middle of nowhere where it was not all the education and all the royalty and all the things that he had before. You know what he had at that moment? It was him and God. Maybe this is what God's waiting for to do a big work in your life. 
God helps us by pulling us away from things. God helps us by stripping things out of our life. God helps us by making it just us and God. Sometimes I think God will pull away everything that we begin to lean on. Man, I've got a great job. And God says, no, it's all about me. And maybe God pulls those things out of you until you realize that the only thing left for you to lean on is the great I am. The Bible says in Psalms 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Man, we struggle with that. We struggle with just stopping and just saying, God, I can't control one thing in my life. I can't do one thing. So I'm just going to just going to be still. I'm going to stop. I'm going to trust. I'm going to rest. And I'm going to follow you. That's why in Matthew 6, 6, when Jesus was talking about praying, he said, when you pray, enter the closet, shut the door, and sit down. And eliminate the distractions. Eliminate all the things that pull your heart and mind in every direction. And just be with God and let him speak to you. That's what God was doing with Moses. God was helping Moses next through other people. God will help you through other people. And this is what we're going to close with because this sets us up for next week. Man, we were designed by God to be part of each other's life. If you were here Sunday, you learned this. The ecclesia, called out body of believers. God brings people together. God brings the disciples together. God brings the, the church together. God brought us together to assemble together to be part of each other's lives so that we can make each other better, so we can lift each other up, so that we can pray for each other and love each other and provoke and, and encourage one another. Now, let me go back. Exodus 2.16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs of water with their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that thou hast come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds. And he drew water enough for us and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, where is he? Why is he that have left this man? Call him that he may eat bread. And you say, man, this was Moses' lucky day. No, this was God's way of helping Moses. It's so cool along your journey of going through areas that you're pushed into, places that are uncomfortable, when God's preparing you for something great, it's amazing how you think it's a random coincidence. You think it's just an, an, a random thing that God did. No, no, no. The people that are in your life right now, the things that God is doing in your life, the people that you've met, walking into this church, joining a life group, being part of friends, joining that ministry team, and you say, wow, this is good. No, that is God's plan to put people into your life that can help you make you better, that can lift you up, that can push you forward. People that will have your back. Look what God was doing. Look what God was doing. Number one, God blessed Moses with a spiritual leader. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters. Guess who now is putting his arm around Moses? Yes, it ends up being his father-in-law, but God brought the spiritual leader. God will bring spiritual leadership into your life to help make you better. That's why church is important. That's why life group is important. That's why Bible study and friendship and godly friendships and being around godly influence is so important. Next, God blessed Moses with a godly wife. Verse 21, and Moses was content to dwell with a man and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. 
Here he is. Now God blesses Moses. You know what God is doing? It's funny how when you look at Moses, he lost his position. He lost his title. He lost his home. He lost his people. He was rejected. And you go into things. You know what God begins to do when God moves you? God begins to replace things in your life and build you up and make you better and give you more than what you've ever had before. Now he's a spiritual leader. The Bible talks about him having a godly wife in verse 22. And he bare him a son and called his name Gershom. And he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. God began, he said, man, how did I get there? What's going on? And God keeps blessing him and blessing him and blessing him. It's amazing to see what God did. But what God was adding to his life was far greater than what he lost. Verse 23, and it came in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed in reason of the bondage. And they cried. And their cry came up unto God by the, by the reason of bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. And you say, what was happening? It's all God's time. They reach a breaking point, and finally the children of Israel are like, what are, what are we doing? Oh God, we're so sorry. Oh God, we need you. You promised us. God, you made a, a covenant with us. And God heard their cry and said, great, because all these things have been working together for good to them that are the called, Moses, to them that are called according to his purpose. And now here he is, this guy that has gone through the training of a godly mother, the, the training of uh, being raised up in this home, the training on the backside of the desert, the training to learn patience, the training to learn humility. God was helping him, helping him, helping. God was making him better. God was instilling all these things in his life, bringing him to this point. And God's saying, now you are ready. The children of Israel are crying out, and God was raising up a leader in the perfect timing of God to prepare him for his great plan of what he was going to do, not about Moses, but about a faithful God that is faithful to work in our lives, to faithful to accomplish the plan that God has for us. Don't get mad when our life's plans become disrupted by God. Don't get mad when God pushes you out of your comfort zone. Don't get mad when things don't make sense. Because God promised, God is faithful to do what he said he would do. And God said, I will be your help. As you go through the chaos and the craziness and the changes, God will help you, help you, help you. You say, where is it? Maybe the very thing that you're rejecting in your life right now is one of the very things that God's doing to help you right now. Don't push it away. Embrace it. We serve a faithful God that is faithful to be our help.